Welcome to Refirement Life, the podcast for anyone navigating life transitions or planning to make life transitions to ensure your next years are your best years. Listen in for insightful, generous, and sometimes humorous conversation. It's time to get fired up with Christine Zamuda and Muge Wood, your hosts for this latest episode of Refirement Life. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Muge Wood, your co-host for Refirement Podcast Series, um, along with my partner extraordinaire, Christine. Uh, today's chapter, um, or series, I should say, is about making your third chapter the best chapter. Uh, what we find, uh, especially as we continue the journey of our lives, is we may have multiple chapters, um, and uh, each chapter may have a different story. Uh, and today, I am absolutely thrilled, alongside with Christine to host a very dear friend and colleague, uh, Claire Markward, um, who is going to walk us through how she has been uh, navigating uh, multiple career transitions, multiple um, different chapters um, in her career, uh, and each of which with much energy, creativity, and passion. Um, Claire and I, just as a backdrop, met for the first time in our consulting careers at Accenture. Uh, and she has always been someone who I looked up to uh, for her work ethic, for her commitment to people, and uh, for um, finding not only purpose for herself, but um, helping others around her do the same. So I am particularly excited to hear from uh, Claire today. So Claire, uh, I'm not going to be able to do justice to your background and experiences. So I'm just going to ask you uh, if you could please um, introduce yourself and share your uh, professional background and uh, maybe a little bit of personal facts as well to add on to that. Sure. Um, Please do. Hello, everybody. Um, so a little bit about myself. I, as Muge mentioned, I am uh, right. My my history is uh, started with Accenture. Um, actually, it was Anderson Consulting, and um, that was my what I call my first third of my professional life. So my first chapter uh, that lasted for over 18 years. Was a partner there, focused on workforce performance. Um, strategic HR and in energy space. And, uh, and then my second chapter was um, I, I left Accenture and formed my own consulting company. So I moved from something that was highly complex, a large organization that has only gotten larger over time, to a niche consulting organization um, that I had myself and my assistant were our only employees and had a whole team of associates that we were delivering um, complex projects for mainly for business that were HR related. So uh, they they would typically be anything from um, change what what we would call change and engage where a lot of stakeholder engagement, communication, change management, and then there would also be projects that would be in the space of, um, uh, you know, setting up HR from scratch, all the way from programs, policies, systems, ways of working, and then helping organizations themselves in um, setting up uh, new organizations in Greenfield or in a merger acquisition standpoint. 
Um, my third and final chapter, uh, Q5, is what I'm in right now. And I am the, uh, the North American lead for Q5. Um, Q5 is a company that has been around for almost 15 years. They're really two halves of the same coin. Um, organizational design and organizational development are really the, the two halves. And I, I interestingly came came into being with them as some of them are former Accenture. Um, some of the founders of Q5 are, are former Accenture partners that um, or former Accenture employees that I got to know um, through others. That's a little bit about me, my, my professional and personal. Um, I am married to a Argentine that has uh, seen the will of the way of the United States and has been here for well over <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> um, and uh, that's a good thing because we've been married for 30 years. Um, and um, we've got a one uh, grown-up adult uh, child, uh, I'll say that, professional. Um, and she is located in New York, uh, Manhattan District. Um, so ways away from us from Houston. And then we have two cats that sometimes that we we basically treat them even better than her and make sure she knows that <laughs> they treat us better than she does. So we, we uh, a little we rivalry. Have, yes, a little rivalry of Cheeto and Jade and and our daughter Caroline. So it's it's a good rivalry. It keeps things spicy around the house. <laughs> Hilarious. Great name for a cat, too, Cheeto. I'm imagining yes. he's big and orange. He is big and orange. That's <laughs> right. And and Jade is a, a small black cat that, uh, let's just say, we got him. And my husband, who is superstitious, wanted to do nothing to do with this cat. But she's he's come around. He, she's, a, she's a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So talk talk about having growth mindset with your pets. So that is uh that is pretty awesome. I I thought you had one cat, Claire. It looks like um uh, the kingdom has expanded. The kingdom has expanded and we will continue to look for opportunities. We're looking at we, we are migrating into uh dogs uh kind of territory now. Um after 30 plus years, I'll say that um my husband, he was never a dog person, but he has determined now that he is welcoming the other um, uh, domestic animal into his into his view. Let's just say so. <laughs> so so we're going to take this. I'm all about door opening, and that's part of what this is all about. And I see a door that has been starting to get more and more open, and I am going to take that opportunity and walk right through that with him. So. <laughs> well, I have, Claire, full confidence uh, in your abilities to influence and open that door in any which way you want, given your background on um, change management and the human condition. Um, so looking forward to hearing um, how the kingdom grows. So um, thank you so much for sharing your background. It's a storied uh, career of impact, um, starting with Anderson Consulting, Accenture, running your own business, and now managing partner at Q5. And that's a lot. Um, I think um, we could um, probably stop at any one of those chapters and feel great about uh, our impact, our work, our accomplishments, yet uh, you keep going. Um, 
And uh, some of us may think of even winding down, right, as we uh, as we age. So what I'm curious to hear is um, what fuels your passion? Um, how do you uh, find yourself thinking about um, the drive and purpose uh, that you are finding for yourself to fuel the current chapter? Yeah, so I think there there's two things. One is. I've always been someone that likes to grow things from the ground up. Um, that is just whether it, it's been, if I think about some of the projects that I'm most proud of, uh, whether it was Accenture or my own business or now with Q5, it's, you know, really helping provide structure where there's none and getting things moving, taking the risk of getting things moving where others might think about doing that. Um, that's that's probably one. I, I think about this, uh, you know, different different. We all think about different kind of images, but I I do think about. Um, I'm not an overly religious person, although I grew up pretty religious in the, my household growing up. But I always think about the the parable of just you know walking on the beach of you know where you're carrying someone else and you know whether or not that's you know a a you know in the parable of Jesus carrying someone else or if it's you know you're kind of myself carrying other people and then I'm walking alongside the person and then eventually that person just walks ahead of me and takes off right and I kind of always think about that's how I want to be in life. Mm -hmm. That's really what I'm here for is to really help people get to the point where they have both the confidence and the competence to move on their own and go in the direction that they think is best way to move forward. So, And that mission must really drive you considerably, because if I think about your career and you had your own firm for 12 years, and that's not easy to do. And once you're, you know, working that and you have the flexibility and you have, you know, things established and you have people you can count on to give that up and move to a, a full time position, yeah. that uh, that's a big change. So yeah. when you think about that experience, are there lessons that you learned there as your uh, own CEO that you're now bringing to, to Q5 and, and what's that experience like? Yeah, I, I so, you know, as, when I had my own firm, you know, I purposely made it literally almost the opposite of what Accenture was mm -hmm. in that I was. Uh, for the first time, I was not, I was not developing others within my firm, right? All of my associates were, uh, they were all experts on their own behalf. And I was bringing together that chapter for me. So, so I guess, let me start back. The first chapter of Accenture is definitely all about developing others, developing people, you know, internally. And then at the same time, you're, working with clients to help develop them into capabilities as well. The second chapter, uh, my firm, I purposely made it to where I was cobbling together teams of experts that um, where my clients had a specific business problem that they couldn't solve themselves internally 
and they didn't want to bring in a Accenture or someone else like that, a big four, to really do it for them. They wanted someone to teach them and they wanted to have that teaching by experts of that particular, you know, uh, you know, uh, craft, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So whether it was, you know, one of my dearest clients, um, you know, at the time, it, Anna Darko was one of my, you know, key clients, which is now split up between Oxy and Total. I mean, they were a domestic oil and gas producer. They had really no operations to speak of internationally, at least in the scale of which where I was helping them um, to grow. And we brought together, it was a, a coordinated effort between ourselves and our clients to really help bring together these experts in international HR to partner with each of our clients, whether it's recruiting, whether it's immigration, whether it was global mobility, whether it was talent development, you name it, to make sure that we were bringing both the best to bear with them and then also to develop them both here in in the United States, but also at the international location. In this case, it was Mozambique to help develop those people to be the best people that they could be and work eventually on their own. Um, So that was really got to when I got to Q5, it was interesting of like my switch from Marquardt to Q5. Um, you know, I, I reflected on my, you know, a project doing projects like that. But I felt like it, as I reflect on what did I want next is I was really yearning for a team of people that I could help um, partner with together to create, you know, different um, schools of thought and thought 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 leadership around topics that I felt near and dear to that really had a common, um, you know, common values, but also just common kind of thinking around, okay, bettering organizations. And so, I mean, I just literally it was one of these happenstance like moments where I, during the pandemic, where I had a friend that we hadn't seen each other in almost two years and called me up to say, Hey, let's, I'm in town, let's have dinner. And then she, you know, got invited to this happy hour and she introduced me to Q5, but, and Q5 is all about organizational health. Um, And so it's really kind of, really thinking about how do you best work with an organization to like all inside out to make them better than they are today, tomorrow, right? So Mm -hmm. that's really the purpose of Q5 um, and what kind of really got me also thinking of why I wanted to join them and be part of that. Yeah, it sounds like you you don't shy away from the um, difficult assignments like Mozambique. Like, <laughs> no, not at, not at all. And Claire, you have to keep me straight on this. During our time at Accenture, I remember you saying, "I think you were going to go to Papua New Guinea." Um, to help with a project. I don't know if you did that or not, but what I do remember was you did not think twice about it. You were like, yeah, I'm going, whatever vaccinations I need, I'll do it, I'm going. 
And we yes. are like looking at the map where even is Papua New Guinea, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah. uh, you go, you, you, yeah. you, because you are driven, I think, by this purpose of helping people be successful. Um, and I think what I am hearing you say is um, the intersection of your personal values of being service of others, like the person you enable, they walk ahead of you, they become independent, they chart their own uh, path for success. And um, just living through that personally and professionally. Um, and, you know, one thing that stayed with me besides several other things during our time at Accenture, right, we always had that fundamental framework of success, which was strategy, process, people, technology, right? All of those things need to work in tandem to enable a particular outcome while uh, technologies evolve. And right now we are all about AI. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, unless people are enabled for success uh, with um you know, training, incentives, organizational support, none of the technology is going to uh, fulfill its potential. Um, so, and you're in the business of um, making that happen. So what I'm wondering is, especially in the past few years, uh, what are maybe some of the trends and shifts you have seen um, in um, human capital enablement uh, and uh, how you're able to uh, uh, help companies now with Q5 uh, to be their best version of themselves, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what what Q5 and what I think I bring to we bring to the table is, um, you know, these next, I mean, it's, it's just a continual evolution. There's continual change going on, right? I mean, we have just seen it, you know, more and more to where now people are, you think you're getting used to it, I guess. But in some ways, you know, like, how do you make things happen in that? Um, what I find really interesting from from what in talking with clients now and just in our own view of just different um, just reflections is that people are more open to talk about culture. And I just find that in particular very interesting for, especially in the United States, that has always been a topic in some other countries. Like when I've worked in, um, in Canada, you know, we were talking about culture way back in the mid 2000s when I, uh, when I helped um, bring together ConocoPhillips and Burlington and really talk about what you would might call the soft stuff, right? But I think that embedded within culture is just, you know, looking at, okay, how do we want to operate? How do we want to govern? How do we want to behave ourselves, right? Collectively as a group, not just as individual. Um, you know, do we, and, and that's part of what makes an organizational healthy. I think that for sure, you know, with energy companies in their transitions to from old world order to new world order, a mix of the two, it's just caused everybody to sit back. Right. And so I think the ways of working are changing. Um, like I said, the culture is changing. I think what you alluded to, one of you guys just a few minutes ago alluded to around AI. We still don't know. I mean, you know, I'm by means no expert whatsoever in technologies. That's why I'm married to an IT guy. That was part of our plan. 
Um, <laughs> and so, you know, he, he, you know, AI has been here for a long time. It's just how it's evolved. And now it's become public. You know, it's gotten revealed and it's gotten marketed and it's going to continue to get like, you know, more and more um, exposed. Right. And and different ways in which we're going to play with this. Right. So how does it blend in with the way in which we operate? You know, I look at I keep looking at some of our clients when we're doing or design projects or new operating models as they continue to look at new ch channels. And so, you know, some of our clients are playing with innovation labs, right, where they may have not ex explicitly had those before. Um, and so they can start testing out what does that mean for their businesses, other than having embedded, right? And so that means what skills are they going to need? And this is beyond even like, take three to five years ago or so around the whole analytics craze, right? We're just on that next evolution of data and where it goes and how people think and how they work together and how they communicate with each other, et cetera, and respond. So, I mean, I think the bottom line, we don't know yet where we are headed yet, but I think there's a lot of exploratory business going on right now is what yeah. I would say. In a lot of respects. And a lot of the, you know, industry rags like uh, Harvard Business Review, they're talking about mental health and the burnout and, you know, the extreme um, fragility of some of some of the folks working. Do you think the, the C-suite is hearing that or do you think it's just business as usual? Well, I think what is interesting of you bringing that up today, today is World Mental Health Day. So just uh, kind of bring that up and, um, you know, our just like pulled up something, you know, our, you know, this year's theme of it's, it's all about mental health is a universal human right. And I think that's an interesting, um, you know, just us just talking about it right mm -hmm. so publicly I think is such a great step of where we might have been 10 20 years ago literally right mm -hmm. I mean you know people had in the United States employee assistance 1-800 numbers and it was just like you know in the back of a booklet or something like that or you know you could find mm -hmm. it on a website right and now so I to, to what you're saying i I think we all, I think because of the pandemic, I would say that, and other, and the post-pandemic, we're all thinking about that, I think, daily, momentarily, mm -hmm. literally, right? I see the Gen Zs and ourselves and other um, kind of uh, themes of people, um, mm -hmm. let's just say, you know, how we are all thinking about this differently. I know Q5 as a company itself is really um, very much about well-being. That's part of one of our kind of mantras of just of making sure that that's that's that people are healthy. Healthier people are better business people, are better professionals, are better world leaders and contributors. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah, very, very much so. I, I am encouraged by um, shifting recognition in a good way that um, people are humans um, and our work affects our personal lives. Our personal lives affect work and we have to show up holistically, recognizing that instead of um, showing up as different versions of ourselves and trying to hide personal from work, work from personal, it, it's very much intertwined. I remember a time some time you know a long time ago where some people even advised me not to put my family picture on my desk um, because that may make me look like I am not committed to work. Um, and, uh, you know, right now we think of that and you're like, that is crazy. Um, yeah. uh, but there were times like that. So um, so I'm encouraged to see the uh, shift um, at the same time. Um, I, I think when um, there's quarterly earning pressures and Wall Street expectations and uh, pressures to bring cost of operations down, um, there may be instances where um, people's side of the business may appear to be compromised. So I think we all have to stay steadfast in doing our part to make sure that um, humans are recognized as humans and appreciated yeah. and cultivated as such. Um, and uh, the notion of AI as co-pilots to humans. Um, okay, you know, let's uh, let's make that happen. So so I'm encouraged. Uh, but just like other um, things in our society, uh, there is much work, right, that is still ahead of us. Um, so, Claire, we are talking a lot about work and the big mission of um, helping one another be successful. Um, so, what what are your um, observations uh, in your work-life balance as you transition through these different chapters? Um, uh, you know, you're reflecting back, uh, what, what kind of uh, growth and um, insights do you have um, as, so, as that dynamic evolves? Yeah, so Christine, I think Muge has set me up properly because she knows me well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so I would say in the first chapter, Claire was all about work. I was, you know, I was 100 percent, you know, um, you know, from sun up to sundown. Um, I, I would say, you know, you talk about, you know, work was work and, li you know, life was a, a separate entity in of itself. And those two were like, you know, basically some intertwined, but very little, right? Long hours. I'd make sure that, you know, as I had my family um, and my husband, I mean, they they got first dibs on me, but that was, you know, and my family where they needed me. But I would say that there was a, a heavy, heavy focus on professional career. Um, and then what, you know, it, it's interesting, the whole, one of the one of the reasons why when I left Accenture and formed Marquardt, I specifically did the opposite, especially at first. And a lesson I learned is it follows. I remember I, one of my former clients that I had at Accenture called me up and he wanted me to help him co-lead this program that they had gone through, like uh, triple digit growth over uh, three to five years, and they were bringing in either a Deloitte or Accenture to 
do this massive transformation program. He was a business person and he was like, I need you to be my translator and help me run this. So I said, okay, I'll only do it if I work from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m., you know, Monday through Thursday. I'm not working Fridays. I will not take calls after work. And he was like, okay, okay, right? And eventually I think I took a call on Fridays because that was our status meeting. But, you know, if I reflect, he and I had a coffee one day and I was like, you know, I was like, Tom, you know, I did that. I realized later he was like, you could have done that all along. I didn't care. Right. And it was all about my own limitations because I I didn't know if I could do it. Right. Yeah. You're I trying to guard could, against yourself. <laughs> I, I had to guard against myself, Christine. Yeah. It was crazy. And then. You know, as I went along, just, you know, commingling, taking time off towards the latter part of Markwart, um, my mom got really sick. And um, I'll just say that I, I had a team of associates that just rallied around me for mm. for almost two years as as my um, mom went in and out of the hospital. And, you know, my clients were just amazing. So it's just one of those where you just, you know, you realize, you know, if you only reach out to others, if you ask, others will will help, right? right. And so that it's up to you to do that. And now with Q5, I think Q5 is just the the company itself is about 250. We're based out of the UK. You know, we we're eight global locations, but I think just the fact of some of the mentality, I would say, from the Europeans itself and how they think about well-being and mental health. Mm -hmm. it, it just gels with my system now of how I want to operate and how I think how the world operates now, too. Yeah, we can yeah. learn so much about that in the in the U.S. So I, if you could just elaborate a little bit more, like what are the what are the top things you're seeing that we could benefit from if we adopted yeah. that? Here? I mean, just you know, just from the, you know, there's a comfort in the discussion about psychological safety and talking mm -hmm. about that with others. There's a, 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 you know, a, and that's talked very openly, you know, and talked about that of how we build that into our training sessions for our, our people and the upskilling that we have. You know, if we talk about, um, our leadership, we have a leadership model and we talk about inclusive leadership and just looking at, um, you know, a, a self-awareness, you know, uh, about bias, right, around, um, you know, just um, being authentic, making sure that you're coming in your own way and it doesn't have to be cookie cutter, like Mugay said earlier, right? to bring your true selves to work, right? And that's mm -hmm. one of our core values of Q5. And that, you know, that's another thing that just aligned with me. Um, and I think th there's other things that we do of just, we have um, a program called Mental uh, Health First Aid. It, it's a training that we do globally to just make sure that our mentors, our employees have tools and awareness to identify when people do need additional support. And, you know, freely make sure that we ask, right, and and be proactive with each other and care for yeah. each other. Yeah. 
That's what yeah, it's all it's, about, right? It's it's just amazing um, how interconnected all of this is, meaning um, being yourself, being in an environment that honors that and having the courage to ask for what you need um, and have that be listened to. Uh, what a difference that makes. Um, and one thing that um, stays with me, and I think our moms um, are, are smart. Um, uh, and uh, one thing my mom says to me that always uh, I try to remember she says you know take the time to take care of yourself because if you don't exist nothing else will so it is essential that you take care of yourself whatever that means at any point in time um and uh, being at a place mentally physically, emotionally, for us to be able to do that, that's a privilege um, and um, also essential. Um, so um, so really uh, appreciate that uh, connection, Claire, that you made. So um, we could go for a long time about these topics because these topics are timeless and they speak to the core of um, uh, human condition, uh, which is uh, essential. So as we wind down, um, uh, Claire, any other uh, maybe closing remarks or insights you may want to share for um, people uh, considering to find the next chapter, uh, finding their purpose, what brings them joy, what fuels their passion, um, anything else that you may want to um, uh, close with? And yeah. to add, one thing we haven't talked about, and it's an important transition, is when your spouse is retired, yes. yet you're still working. What is that like? What have you learned? And we might want to just talk a little bit about yeah. that amongst us. Yeah. So, Muge, I know you're just going through that transition yourself. And I was encouraging, well, I mean, Christine, you, you've you gone through that transition. You've got, on the flip side, uh, a spouse that's on the other side. Um, I, I would say that for, for me, it was interesting at first. I, I was pretty, I remember he, he, you know, he started, my husband, Alex, started talking about it about a year before he actually did it. And I think there was times when... He was talking about it. I was like, no, 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 you're not, you're not retiring. Because <laughs> I was like, what the heck is he going to do? What will I, I'll have to make a new task for him to do, right? You know, and um, I have to entertain him. I have to take care of him. <laughs> He's going to get in my business. Uh, how is yes. that all going to work out? Yep. Yes. All of the above. Okay. Yes. All of the above. Right. And then, you know, it kind of dawned on me. I think uh, at, there was a point where I just realized, you know, he's ready, right? And it's, he'll, and he started talking to other people about some of the things that he wanted to do. And, and that got good for me, more comfort for me. Didn't realize I had to like put together a work plan for him and program manage him. <laughs> I can totally see how he's managing you and you're managing him. <laughs> With a detailed Microsoft project work plan. That's, That's awesome. right. We'll meet on a weekly basis to go over the milestones <laughs> yes, and the did you meet your deliverables today, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Quality assurance. No, sorry, that one you need a, a little bit more work on that, right? Yes. <laughs> but um we 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 got through all that. And so um, you know, I realized all of a sudden I could take that to my advantage, right? Which was all the things that I had done as um you know, we've been partners all along for sure with our, mm -hmm. our daughter and now with our cats, but, um, and other things. But what I would say is that, you know, 
I actually, it's back to, I actually, you know, finally let go and let him do some of the things because he had the time. And he said, sure, I'll do it. Now, would it always be on my same timeline? That's a question. <laughs> yeah. Would it be exactly the Preach. way in which, sister. <laughs> yeah, the way in which I want it to, to be done? But it's not the, not the how, right? It's the outcome. Right? right. So I think that's something that uh, over time I've grown accustomed and gotten more, you know, like, you know, how he and I buy groceries are two different matters. But I still as long as that apple is still crisp, I'm OK with it. Right. So <laughs> tell, tell me, though, what slides into the grocery bag that you would never buy that comes home with with your husband? I, well, you know, actually, he's he's um, I'm probably. I'm probably the one that goes flies through the grocery store and I start looking at things and, oh, this looks interesting. Back to my exploratory nature, right? Um, I, I try out a lot of things where he's just like, you know, he's got his little list and he just goes down and it's very efficient. He's done, right? Okay. So that's a little bit different. The creativity is a little bit gone uh, sometimes. So I have to add in some things. Uh, for the it. exotic fruit section. Yes. Exotic. <laughs> my, my husband brings home like chocolate covered whoopie pies. And... He is my man. He is my man. I'm like, what is this? You've never like, had one? You like, and Alex, no. we get along famously. Yes. I come home with like, I don't know, you know, the chipotle mayonnaise, right? With <laughs> And then Whataburger has a new, like, you know, okay, the sweet and the spicy ketchup, right? So oh, yeah. all of those. Those but, are fun but, purchases. <laughs> yes, they are. I know we're going way over our time here, Muge, but just, you know, of the, um, I would just say, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm more relaxed. I think he's helped relax me, frankly, right? Yep. It just continues to do that. So I think that's. Anything to bring down my intensity is a good thing without drugs, right? So Yeah, that's um, my husband's primary role as well. Counterbalance the intensity. Yeah, yeah. My I would say my husband's in that same camp. We're gonna have our husbands on one time. Just, I and think then we the, should. And then they can give the real truth. <laughs> the unplugged right. truth of what it's like to live with <laughs> us. The women maniacs. to the left. We will begin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it is good that you're letting him help you more and he's finding his stride. I was reading somewhere recently where they said, um, you know, one of the reasons women are moving from corporate America to do their own businesses is that flexibility. And when, you know, you're in a, a tightly defined career, you're also doing an additional six to 10 hours of home chores and you know just running the household so having more of a give and take on that is is great for everyone it is it is yeah certainly is um so i i mean i you know i think in some i've really enjoyed being here with you guys today we could we really could go on forever i could feel it but i um, i think we could I think our uh, audience yeah. might cut us off but, yeah, <laughs> I think we could. Maybe there's a, um, a sequel um, to uh, grocery shopping uh, with your spouses uh, and what that tells you about your personalities and relationship, because it does tell a lot. Uh, and I found early on when I am pretty open about my incompetent areas, I get asked less. 
to do those and it's good to set precedent uh so i um you know like grocery shopping very expensive so i am asked not to go shopping because apparently i'm not buying the right things buying premium of everything which are not needed (laughs) organic this organic that so um so it's wonderful when uh, you kind of are clear about what you can and cannot do um but it has been an absolute pleasure and um, uh, this podcast it reminds me yet again why we do this on a weekly basis uh, which is to connect uh, get refired up and hear different perspectives to help us uh, navigate various chapters of life um, hopefully with grace uh, and in ways that are fulfilling uh, to those and those around us so thank you Claire couldn't be happier having you on our podcast Um, thank you so much Uh, Christine anything else yeah I would just say you are totally set up for success in this third chapter with your mindset, your learnings, your connections, and we wish you a ton of success. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, y'all have a great day and um, we'll we'll speak soon, right? I'm looking forward to listening to the next uh, Refirement podcast. All right. Okay. Thanks, everyone. And we'll sign off from here. Thank you for listening. Our hope is to spark a little joy, inspire, and educate our listeners in ways to live an even more meaningful life. If you have reactions to share from what you've heard, please visit our website, refirement.life, to leave a voice message. You may even be featured in a future episode. To keep in touch, subscribe to our podcast, Refirement Life, using the podcast player of your choice. Always remember, you are never too old to set a new goal or to dream a new dream. Thanks again for joining us on this episode. Until next time.